Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Jimmy game. Could it be top 10 playoff all time? Could it be top five? And what the Bucks didn't do last night. Maybe a timeout, maybe. Dylan Brooks, you wanted LeBron, you got him. Could be last dance LeBron we're seeing now. And Toronto, could this be the moment that changes everything? Let's go. Make like a tree and Maple Leafs the first round. It was a fourth quarter like we've never seen before because it really wasn't even the fourth quarter. It was like the last half of the fourth quarter. Miami scored 41. How Jimmy Butler took over the game and maybe the series, 56. He kept on thinking he'd have to cool off. The Bucks would have to do something to cool him off. Never happened. Now the Heat up 3-1. The Bucks are bringt even with Giannis back and triple doubling. Frank Isola around the horn to you. What just happened and how did it happen? Well, it was a brilliant performance, no question about it. Jimmy Butler is built for this mentally, and he has the talent to do it, but he needed some help along the way. And Milwaukee deciding not to send an extra defender at him to try to get the ball out of his hands certainly factored into it. But Jimmy Butler, you know, after the um, All-Star break said, now's when I start playing. And guess what? He's been right. He's played a lot better since the All-Star break. Last night is his best performance ever. One of the best playoff performances. Let's remember, it is the first round. But give Milwaukee a little bit of credit here. 14-point lead in the fourth quarter, 13-0 run. Mike Boonholzer, call a timeout at some point during that 13-0 run. Well, I don't think you're giving them credit. I think you're giving them blame. So you view this as the Milwaukee didn't trap game, or do you view it as the Jimmy game, Frank? No, 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 no. No, Jimmy – Milwaukee had everything going for them. They had Giannis back. They had a big lead. And Jimmy Butler really didn't get any help from any other teammate. Tyler Hero is not there. Jimmy Butler talks about these moments. He delivered a couple years ago in the bubble. He certainly delivered last night. Israel Gutierrez, I turn to you. Yeah, I'm so glad you went to Frank there first on Jimmy in Miami. Um, look, here's the <laughs> thing with Jimmy Butler here. He, he, first of all, I knew they were going to win when they all kind of uh, showed up wearing Victor Oladipo T-shirts, the same T-shirt after his unfortunate injury in Game 3. But the amazing part about Jimmy is he went ahead and just absorbed Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo's powers and became a shooter all of a sudden, right? It's absolute, and then you get the 22 points in the first half, and you think, okay, he set the tone, come follow me. Nobody followed him. They were still struggling offensively. It was only Jimmy the whole time. And this is the most amazing part to me. Yeah. He wasn't out there hunting out Grayson Allen. He wasn't out there hunting out Pat Connaughton or, or Chris Middleton, really. Uh, he was a little bit with Chris Middleton. But he was attacking Drew Holiday. He Big was attacking Giannis. He yep. was attacking Brooke Lopez. And that's just a guy taking over and doing things at the peak of his powers. And it just so happens Jimmy sort of holds off in the regular season, lets everybody else get involved. And now it's his time. And he had the most spectacular Playoff game of all time. I heard Frank, he was deducting a little bit because it's the first round. How about you? 
Because it's the first round, you deduct a little bit, but I mean, for everything that it meant for the team, I'd say it's got to be up there, top ten. Ari Lyles Jr. Well, scoring-wise, at least I think it's top four, mm-hmm. it correct? Is. So yeah. I'll, I'll give him that. Uh, but look, this is a case, I don't really believe in this whole, like, hey, this guy just decided we weren't going to lose this game. I believe that after last night. <laughs> Jimmy Butler, 22 in the first quarter. Second and third quarter was like, oh, I'm not going to get help. Goes into the game with eight minutes and 11 seconds in the fourth quarter and outscores the Milwaukee Bucks by himself, 22 to 16. He was not going to let them lose that game. Now, is this sustainable? I don't think that's even fair to ask Jimmy Butler to do such a thing because that would be a historically great postseason and you would have to do that for 14 more wins to win a title. But if nothing else, last night was absolutely Jimmy Butler's night and he was not going to let them lose that basketball game. Amita Cobbs. Yeah, I, I do think this was a top 10 performance. And to put it in context, you have to consider the caliber of competition. I mean, these are the Milwaukee Bucks. They had one of the five best defenses in the NBA during the regular season, by the way, which is, I think, a big part of the reason why they didn't feel they had to double Jimmy, perhaps ill-advisedly, because they have so many strong defensive players. But as Izzy said... He diced up them all. Seven different defenders he scored on them. And it wasn't just feasting on open looks. He shot 76% when his shots were contested. It was an incredible performance, one with the potential to tilt the entire playoffs, given what we thought about Milwaukee coming into this series. Precisely. And I'll turn back to you, Frank Isola. An eight over a one. Well, I mean, we haven't seen a playing team win in the first round, but this is now an eight yeah. over a one. The overall one seed in the NBA. Is it a possibility yeah, well, here? They're, the they're really... They're really the seventh seed. It's a ridiculous gimmick. They should be playing Boston in the first round. That's number one. The analytics may say <laughs> oh, that Milwaukee right. is the best defensive team. They gave up 133 at home to Philadelphia, 140 to Boston, now 56 for Jimmy Butler, who, again, was brilliant. Let me just remind Izzy, though. Dwayne Wade, the team down 0-2 in the NBA Finals, 42 points. LeBron James, elimination game on the road in Boston, 45 points, 15 rebounds. Great performance by Jimmy Butler. Those other games, a little bit more important. Israel, if I could ask you on Milwaukee, the implosion we've seen from the defense because they're letting up the points and they're letting it up to this Miami Heat team that had problems scoring and that was before they lost all the depot and hero. Yeah, Mike Budenholzer historically has had issues with adjusting his defense, whether it be over the course of a season or within a game. And you would think, I mean, you've got Drew Holiday, you've got Giannis Antetokounmpo, you've got Brooke Lopez. Those are defensive player of the year caliber players. They should be able to slow down Jimmy. But if you can't do that with one of those for a stretch of the game, send more help. Let Gabe Vincent try to beat you because, yeah, you can't just keep doing that over and over. Amina, you want to answer that question? I do think you have to attribute a little bit of this to randomness. Obviously, not having Giannis for some of these games hurt. But also, the Miami Heat were 27th in three-point shooting during the regular season, and they've been the best three-point shooting team in the playoffs by a pretty healthy margin. Is that going to continue? I'm not so sure, so I wouldn't count out the Bucks just yet. All right, we move on. Aaron Rodgers reportedly won't wear number 12. That was Joe Namath's number. Namath volunteered it up, but Rodgers is expected to wear number 8. This trade out of nowhere, complete shocker, stunned Mina Kimes on the set of NFL Live yesterday. Well, <laughs> we knew it was coming. It's not going to be odd seeing him wear green, that's for sure. A first-round pick swap is what was at least surprising. A second-rounder and a sixth-rounder and a conditional first pick next year. Mina, now that it's all over, what does it mean for the Jets? What does it mean for the Packers? 
Well, from the Jets' perspective, giving up all the picks you just laid out, and by the way, if that conditional doesn't turn into a first, this is an abject disaster for New York. Um, According to the Jimmy Johnson trade value chart, Bill Barnwell laid this out, it's about equivalent to the ninth overall pick, which is not an insignificant risk for a 39-year-old quarterback coming off of the worst season of his career. But it's Aaron freaking Rodgers. You do it every time, especially if you're the New York Jets, a team that was knocking on the door of the postseason with a combination of Mike White and Zach Wilson at quarterback last year. They had to do it. The return was a little rich, but it was understandable, and I think it makes them a playoff team. A playoff team, okay. Because the headline is the Jets are back. I I don't even know what the word back means if the Jets are. I mean, this is the longest drought we've had here, but this is a playoff team, and – Popping champagne like I saw him get up this morning? (laughs) Well, I actually – I put them a tier below like Kansas City and Buffalo and Cincinnati. The AFC is just really difficult right now. But, you know, I I absolutely think that they can contend in large part because their defense is better than the teams that I just mentioned, some of them at Mm. least. Um, So, yeah, it was a must trade, which I think, by the way, is why they ended up giving a decent amount for it. They were kind of backed into a corner. And to that end, I do think this was a good return for a Packers team that now gets to give Jordan Love some help both this year and next season. Compared to me, though – what your gut feels right now to when Tom Brady went to Tampa and whether you thought Tampa could contend in that first season and Rodgers going to the Jets and whether you think they can make that jump. Um, I was higher on the Tampa trade, but that, a lot of that had to do with their division. The, J, the AFC yeah. East is very challenging. I, I mean, people aren't even talking about the Dolphins, who I think had one of the best off-seasons in football last year. So I, I would not – Write the Jets into the Super Bowl just Right, guys, Sola, you're in New York. I turn to you. The New York Jets. I've been to every Jet home playoff game since 1986. You want to know how many that is? <laughs> two. You want to know why you only play two home playoff games since 1986? You're not that good. You don't have a franchise quarterback. So Richard Todd, Ken O'Brien, Vinny Testaverde, Chad Pennington, Mark Sanchez, on and on and on, all had a modicum of success. You're getting a franchise-level quarterback in a league where winning now is what you do. There's a reason why a lot of quarterbacks are going to be drafted high in the draft because everyone is looking for that player. Aaron Rodgers is that player. Tampa won a mercenary Super Bowl. The Rams won a mercenary Super Bowl. The Jets can do that too. Yes, they're in a tough conference. Guess what? If they didn't get Aaron Rodgers, they'd still be in a darn good conference. They got a great quarterback. This is a great day for them. But I just heard Tampa, mercenary Super Bowl. I heard L.A., mercenary Super Bowl. And then you connected the dots and put the Jets in that sentence. Well, that's what they're going to try to do. doesn't mean they're going to do that. Already walking it back. Harry Lyles Jr., how about you? I think that this is the only way that it is a success for the Jets is if you win the Super Bowl. You just traded for a 39-year-old quarterback. I realize he's Aaron Rodgers, but to me at this point, he just came off of his worst season, Mm -hmm. and he really hasn't known if he wanted to play football for the last two years, which is also why I feel this is a massive win for the Packers because of what you got back, especially that 2024 conditional pick, and you don't have to deal with the headache of this anymore. You get to find out if Jordan Love is actually your future and you're going to get that compensation and build around him. But if you're the Jets, you absolutely have to win the Super Bowl this upcoming season. And I think a big piece of that is thankfully keeping their first round pick this year because you need either a left tackle or a tight end to help that offense because if nothing else, you have to keep that man up. Okay, of course. But this is a must win Super Bowl scenario for Harry Lyles. Izzy, how do you see it? 
I mean, that's classic New York fan, not that you are, Harry, but classic New York it fan is. thinking where you go from the longest playoff draft Nobody to Super Bowl or bust with one addition. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's not like you're the Knicks here. It's not like, you know, you can take some baby steps here along the way without everybody knocking you. And yes, I understand that he might only play there one year. He might play there two years. But if you believe that you have that defense that can, you know, that can compete and sort of keep him around, you know what I'm saying? Keep him on his feet, keep him from having to dominate all the time, um, then I think, you know, they're, they're probably going to do well. But it's a loaded AFC, and you're talking about a team with a quarterback. Is he as committed as Tom Brady was, bringing all those guys, even probably through illegal stuff with COVID, and bringing everybody together and, and, and creating that unity? <laughs> Is he going to do that for the Jets to get them over all of those teams that they have to get over and be right from the very beginning? Because if they stumble early on, they might miss the playoffs overall because it's such uh, a, deep, a deep conference. So, you know, there's a lot to figure out here, but it was a must Mina, from Green Bay's perspective, all the squabbling of whether they would have leverage or not have leverage and what they got uh, yeah, I think it was a great deal for them. The conditional is obviously really important. But I'll say this. Don't overlook that pick swap. I know it seems small jumping sweet spots, but 15, all three yeah. of those teams might want the same player, which is to say, to Harry's point, an offensive tackle. Now they have their choice. So you thought that pick swap was a big deal. Is that why the reaction came like it did yesterday? Oh, God, I love looking at you guys. But it, it, you're known for reactions. I believe we have a Shohei Otani history for you in the show. But also, it struck me as the Joe Rogan. There's a knockout in an MMA fight reaction. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. I had that reaction. What are the two results? We'll be back by ourselves next. 39 is an old. They're just watching. Young people. Around the Horn is brought to you by Miller Lite. Great taste, 96 calories. Tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport. Brought to you by Chase. Lakers Grizzlies with so many what-ifs last night. What if the LeBron shot would have counted? <laughs> what if Ja and LeBron simultaneously combusted and mutually destroyed each other on that play? Ooh. Dylan Brooks, you wanted LeBron, you got him. The game tied on the final tick. 
Look at the emotion from LeBron here. A 20-20 game for LeBron in the playoffs. You thought he did everything. He'd run out of first, but that's a first. And the overtime win. Dylan Brooks, John Morant not made available to media after the game. Frank Isola, what to buy, what to sell. It's hard to believe that it's his first 2020 game. I'll give you another number 20. For 20 years, he's been driving to his right. Hey, Memphis Grizzlies, the most crucial possession of regulation. He's going right. And, you know, and you have Dylan Brooks, Mr. Poke the Bear. Can you at least harass LeBron a little bit? Instead, you're staying home on Austin Reeves, and LeBron finishes at the basket. Great performance by LeBron. Memphis looks done. Israel Gutierrez. Mm. I'm definitely selling, selling staying at home on Austin Reeves. You got to let somebody else beat you there or at least tie the game there. Um, look, the Lakers are a little bit in Memphis's head. I think you can tell that. I think Dylan Brooks is probably not going to shoot very well for the rest of this series, and it's going to be on John Morant and Desmond Bain to carry him. But I agree with Desmond Bain. Like, the small attention to detail, these are the things that the Grizzlies have not been doing. I mean, even Jaron Jackson Jr., when you talk about small attention to detail, he seems to never know how many fouls he has. And so they, they need some maturity level about them. Their own coach questioning their maturity. You're, you're all right with him saying that and the reality there of this rapid disassembly the of truth. the team? It's the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Harry Lowes Jr. I'm buying that the Lakers did what they needed when they needed it. D'Angelo Russell had a tough first half of that game, had three threes in the fourth quarter to get him back into the game. Austin Reeves' drive in the final minute, I think a lot of people forgot about that one because of LeBron's heroics at the end. He's playing with a lot of confidence. And for as bad as Anthony Davis was during the game, that was tough. He came up with the block to put him into overtime. So they did what they had to do, and I do think that they are in Memphis's head, and they're going to get this like, series. Yeah, I saw on Twitter right now, blocking everything. It, it, I mean, it's been great. Kimes, how about you? Yeah, I'm buying that age matters, certainly for Memphis, who showed their lack of maturity both at the end of the game and then after the game with a couple of the players not making appearances. And that it does not matter for LeBron James, not only 2020, but he played over 45 minutes, the second most this season. The motivation here, the last dance scenario here for LeBron. Who knows? We'll we'll move on. Celtics, Hawks, Nuggets, T-Wolves, Suns, Clippers tonight. Boston, Denver, Phoenix look to advance. But in the Suns-Clippers series, and in this game, Paul George, he's been ramping up at practice but not expected to play. Kawhi Leonard, he's been ramping down and he's out. He will not play. Criticism here, is it warranted? Whether it is or it isn't, it's been immense. Here's Tyron Lue. He's definitely hurt. Like, he's not, it's not an old man's where he's taking time off, you know. It's, it's an um, actual thing, you know. So, what the outside is saying, like, who cares? Israel, you're on the outside. Do you care and do Kawhi and Clippers deserve criticism? Um, it's hard to say because, you look, Kawhi obviously doesn't emote that much. He doesn't show what he's actually feeling. So we don't really know how much pain he's in. He's not like he's Anthony Davis, just every other play, like cowering in pain over there. So it's hard to say. And look, I do not believe that somebody of Kawhi's ability, somebody of Kawhi's competitiveness would sit out a game if he could actually play, if it meant something that wouldn't be a long-term you know, issue for him injury-wise. So, yeah, I do not think that the criticism okay. is deserved. I do not think Tyron Lue would be coaching a team with that leader who was not in interested in playing right guys solo I think he's being criticized just because he's been calling the shots ever since he got there I'll practice this day I won't play that day I've heard that he is legitimately hurt but let's face it there's going to be three straight years now he either missed the playoffs entirely or missed the you know or miss games for them it's been a disastrous signing he wanted them to go out and get Paul George they had to trade the farm to get him and what have they gotten the guy's never available Mina Kimes 
I mean, one of the consequences of load management when you sit out repeatedly with dubious injury designations over the course of your career for the purpose of playing the playoffs, and then you get in the playoffs and you're actually hurt, people will question it. Unfairly, completely. But he's being met with skepticism because of how he's approached his injuries in the Parallels Jr. I agree. I understand the skepticism because of everything that's gone on the past few years with load management. However, I do think that he is legitimately hurt in this position because I do think a coach like Ty Lu, you would see frustration if he felt otherwise, and you did not see that at all when he was talking about this particular. There are those saying Kawhi Leonard should just retire. He's not going to play. Any, anyone? Frank? Frank? You, you react? Why not? I mean, he's got a ton of money coming to him, but if he just can't go, I mean, maybe that would be an option. Mita Kimes, Cesar Gutierrez, thank you for your time today. It's a Harry Lyles Jr. Frank Isola showdown. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. How the Maple Leafs came back to beat the Lightning last night. It was 4-1 in the third. It was over, but it wasn't. Kerfoot, the ecstasy of Kerfoot. Overtime winner. Harry, did the Maple Leafs change everything with this comeback? They absolutely did. This team's entire issue the past two decades is they don't know how to finish and win games. And they just did that twice on the road against the team that has been the best at doing that arguably the last three years. So, yes, it's over for them. Frank, They're going to end the Come streak. on, Harry. They haven't won a first. They haven't won a series in 19 years. They gave up seven goals at home in game one. They were up 3-1 a couple years ago in Montreal. I'm not believing it until I see it. It's because you're watching too much of the Jets and the Knicks and every New York team's point. <laughs> Harry Lyles for a little positivity for Toronto. We'll move on. Wander Franco's barehanded catch. What percent was good? What percent was lucky? But also, tomorrow is the 34th anniversary of the gold standard of these catches in Major League Baseball history. Kevin Mitchell. Frank, is Franco's better than Mitchell's? Franco's was wonderful, but Kevin Mitchell's an original. It was outdoors. It was on the road. He also was part of one of the worst trades the Mets ever made. Never should have traded Kevin Mitchell. Loved him. <laughs> Harry Louse Jr.? I think Franco's was 70% skill, 30% luck, but I think Mitchell's was absolutely better because he went into that thinking, no, I'm actually going to go get this with one hand. Oh, so you like that he was able to flex because he was so cool about it. I thought Franco's, though, was more athletic. What that is that? I mean, he had to bend more when he made the catch. We'll move on. We talked about it earlier. I'm going back to it. LeBron's what-if shot. Pretty obvious it wasn't going to count, but still, seeing it go in was wow. The shot before it, when he hit the layup, it made him 8 of 19 all-time in the final five seconds of playoff games on game tires or take the lead shots. Jordan was 5 of 11 all-time in that scenario per the NBA realist. But the bulk of Jordan's shots came in the finals. LeBron hasn't hit one there. So, Harry, what does it all mean? Uh, listen, if nothing else, I think it was just an omen for last night's game. Going into that overtime, it seemed like the Lakers were going to win it, and I believed it even more after he hit that shot, even though it didn't right. count. LeBron makes the right play all the time. How about, how about when he passes the ball to a wide-open teammate and everybody says, why didn't you shoot? Why? Because his teammate 
was wide open. Come on. We're, we're nitpicking with LeBron when he does things like that. Good for him. Okay, but none of you take the bait on LeBron versus Jordan. I get it. 2-1. Lyles gets the win. MJ. I spoke with Florida offensive coordinator Rob Sale last week about one of their players going into the draft. Not Anthony Richardson, but Osiris Torrance, a guard. He's probably the best one in the draft. He's a transfer from Louisiana. One of the people that helped coach him along with Sale was DJ Looney. DJ unfortunately passed away in 2020 of a heart attack during a workout. Osiris Torrance is going to be the fourth player since DJ's passing that is going to be drafted into the NFL. And I can tell you from knowing him and his mother that he was a great coach, but he was an even better person. And it's great to see his legacy carried on. You'll be covering the draft. Are you two, Mina? Feeling a draft. See you tomorrow.